Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Al. And I'm Jen. And we're, we're here. We're here and we're recording on a dreary day. Which is beautiful. I actually like it. It's mom, when I walked in, she was like, oh my God, it's so cold. And I was like, you know, it's not that necessarily that it's cold, although the temperature is around like 50 something right now. It's more that it's windy. Yeah. So it's those things combined that make you cold. And she's like, see, Jen said it's cold. I was like, I never Okay. <laughs> All right. I said it's cold, apparently. Yeah. And that's me just moving my keys out of my pocket. Yes. Um... So yeah, updates. Nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, I have a PS5 that I'm trying to sell because I actually don't want it right now. And that's it. Like, there's no, nothing has happened to my life right now. Yeah. I mean, what's going on? I moved, but I already said that last episode. And you're moved. And I, I moved. Um, I'm slowly buying a couple of things here and there that we need. Like yesterday I bought a, a dish rack for when I wash dishes because I had one in the old house in my old place, but it was like a cheapy plastic one. So I bought a really nice metal one. Okay. Um, I mean, so did, there is a slight update for me. I didn't move the rooms around. So now we're in like my office room. Yes. And it's very empty, so if you hear like an echoiness, it's that's what it is. An echo. Yes, um, I got back to eating healthy this week. That's good, and I feel like I'm doing better with that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, I actually bought these Quest um, peanut butter cups that I figured we could try right now. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just give me ha- that other half? Yeah. Okay. Oh no! It fell on my bag. Okay, we'll find it. We'll find it when we're done. Because, like, dog. Because, yeah, dog. Okay, Especially so. since this probably has something that she can't eat. Yeah. We'll find it. We'll find it. Don't worry. Just remember. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's go. So, let's go. There's something in the peanut butter I don't like. Um. The chocolate's fine. It's the sweetener. Probably. Yeah. Well, now it's fine. Because the initial hit is weird. So, you know what? Those are good. Oh. I mean, Quest tends to have pretty decent stuff. Yeah. We we tried the chocolate chip cookie, and you're not a fan of it, but that's just because you're not a fan of, like, low-carb It's It's when sweets. you use protein powder. Um... And Found sweeteners it. together, thank you. Um, that I'm not okay with because it it creates a weird texture, creates a weird aftertaste. The peanut butter bar is phenomenal now. Then eat that little bit and landed right on the strap, so you're done. Down. Um, <laughs> but that's where we're at right now. Better or worse than the chocolate, the peanut butter cups I made that one time, way back when. These are better. Sorry. It's okay. I recently made them. I mean, they're at my a company house. that has like perfected the, a kind of mm-hmm. recipe. You were just trying it out for the first time. Yeah, so. I recently made them at my place. Uh-huh. 
right before we moved, I made them. Yeah. And the boyfriend was like, these are really good. And he keeps asking me to make them again. But mm-hmm. I don't have the peanut flour. I have some answers. So I might have to take some from you. Okay. Because I tried to buy some yesterday from Walmart, but they didn't have any. They were out. That's weird. Like that spot on the shelf was completely empty. And I'm going to open something, guys. So I'm sorry, but I'm super thirsty. And that's what needs to happen. And it's a monster rehab. Raspberry. Which is the best rehab, by the way. Yes. It tastes like raspberry iced tea. So, yep. I mean, come on. Um, and that's the wind. Yes. So, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I had a week off from work, and then this week I worked. This week has been hard. This week was hard. I don't know. I don't know if it's like the ambience of fall really kicking in, mm-hmm. but it makes it hard to want to do things. Not yeah. just work. I'm mean, like in general, like I kind of just want to sit and enjoy. The I world think. The, around me I think part of the problem is also that. It's getting darker earlier. Oh, it's getting know. colder. So it's hard to want to be productive when all you really want to do is curl up in a blanket. Dude. And whether or not you sleep is, it, is beyond. It gets so dark that it's like it's like pitch black at 5 p.m. Okay. So in my new place, I love it because it's get tons it it gets Tons of natural light. Mm-hmm. During the day, it's amazing. The cats actually like to get on windowsills. And if I don't open up the shades for them, the blinds, they start pawing at the blinds. So I open them up because they just want to soak in the sun. Yep. Totally understand. But you're right. At 5 p.m., it's so dark that if I don't turn on a light, I can't see anything. Yeah. It's bad. It's yeah. really bad. And it'll be 5 o'clock and I'm like... Oh, I get to log out of work soon. I'm not looking at the clock. Just looking out the window. Oh, I get to log out soon. I'm almost done. Three hours remaining. What is this? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. So it's so, bad. I understand. I understand. It's just rough. Mm-hmm. Um, in our last episode, we talked about... Magical schools. Magical schools. And... Oh, the episode before, we talked about um, Mad-Eye Moody. Yes. Because that was the chapter where they talk about that. We actually had one of our people tell us, hey, you had a little bit of a spoiler. I thought we didn't talk about this kind of stuff yet. I thought you guys were trying to remain spoiler-free. And I was like, oh, you know what? I totally missed that in editing. My bad. We talked about... By the way, this is going to be tagged as spoiler heavy. Yes. So we can talk about the spoiler that we we missed. Uh, Neville's wand. Being his dad's. That that's not like a. But it's a it's still a spoiler because we don't find out about it until chapter until book five. So Max. Yes. Our wonderful friend. Yes. Well, he was your friend first because you've known him for a very long time. Very very long time. Yes. And now he's one of my friends on Facebook, and he's he listens to our podcast. Hi, Max. Uh, he so brought nice. it to my attention on our Facebook group. He's yeah. like, so what's up with this? I was like, you know what? I missed it in editing. So He's like, but you guys are... I was just wondering because you guys are typically really good about tagging anything that might have a potential spoiler. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're right. My bad. I'm not going to edit the episode itself, but mm-hmm. I'll make sure to write in the description, hey, there's a tiny little 
spoiler, related to Neville, just a heads up. And it will be brought up again in this episode. Yes. Because this episode is about wands. Woohoo! Yes. So we are taking a departure from from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire mm-hmm. to talk about wands, but it's important because it's going to come up again in this book. The wand lore and, is very important going yes. forward. So it's always good to talk about that stuff. You know what is also always really good? What? If you like, follow, subscribe. Oh my goodness. I know. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We're on Instagram. And we have a Twitter mm-hmm. account. So, I mean, follow. We will we will give you shout outs like we did with Max. Hey, Max. Like we did with Stephanie Persephone. Hey, Steph. Mm-hmm. You know. By the way, this is all the messages I got from Trenisola PS5. I know people are, are they're going about crazy. It. Yeah, um, so we we will totally shout you out because we love you and we appreciate you. True. So um, oh, and you can listen to us on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every single place that podcasts are, you can probably find us. We're hosted on Podbean, so if you want to, you can totally subscribe there. But you can subscribe anywhere and listen anywhere, and we'll totally appreciate it. Yep. 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 So, going back to what we were talking about. Um, wands. Wands are very important. Very, they're, very important. They, how do I put it? They're, they're sort of something that drew me very much so into Harry Potter. Because mm-hmm. it was like this instrument that you could use that channeled your magic power and let you do crazy, amazing things. Well, it's from the very beginning when yeah. Harry goes to Ollivander's to get his wand. Mm-hmm. He tries several wands. In the movie, he only tries three. But in in the books, he actually tries out several wands to try to find the one that works for him. Mm-hmm. And it's then that we find out that it's not necessarily the wizard who chooses the wand, but rather the wand who chooses the wizard. And I, it always struck me when Ollivander was like, interesting. Uh, you know, the other person, the person who owns the other, well, the brother the wand. Yes. Um... Did great things. Terrible, but great. So we must expect the same from you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, calm your calm yourself, Ollivander. <laughs> yeah. But it intrigued me. Yeah. So uh, this is a lot of this is copy and pasted from the Harry Potter fandom wiki, which is copy and pasted from Wizarding World okay. and Pottermore. It's all from there. I've checked the sources. They're all very accurate. Okay, so we we one hundred percent will always bring you the most accurate information we can. Yes. If we can't verify something, we're not bringing it up. Yeah. So we may say this is a, a fan theory mm-hmm. and let you know that it's a fan theory. We may say, hey, we found this, but we can't verify it. But if we say, hey, this is per this, and we know this. It's because we were able to verify it came from JK herself. Yeah, basically. All all these articles you can find on Wizarding World. I mean, it's easier to find it on Pottermore back when that was a thing, but... Wizarding World is not user-friendly at all. I actually was talking to the boyfriend... Enough with the plastic wrap. Sorry. I was actually talking to the boyfriend um, last week when I... Mm -hmm. Or the week before last... When I was doing the summary for, um, when I was doing the summary for this thing, mm-hmm. for the magical schools, yes, where I was looking for stuff, and I was like, I made a mistake. I said, "Man, 
this this wizarding world is not wizard friendly at all. He's like, <laughs> it's not wizard friendly or witch friendly. I was like, no, no, it might be okay for muggles, but it's not because I realized what I said. Yes. Yeah. So it's not user friendly at all. No. Because before in Pottermore, you could click on the search and enter it in and press enter and yeah. it'd be fine. There is no search on Wizarding World. So if you are looking for things that JK has said before, you have to click on JK writings and then you have to scroll through and look for it. That's awful. It really is. So, Moving on. Yes. So a wand is a quasi-sentient magical instrument through which a witch or wizard channels her or his magical powers to centralize the effects for more complex results. So this goes hand in hand with, we've, I think we've mentioned, oh no, I don't think we have. I think I talked to you about it, mm. about how um, wandless magic is a thing. Obviously, we know about the, the African wizards. At Wagadu. Yes. Who are proficient in wandless magic and more of just like um, nonverbal and like sort of, what is it? Yeah. Hand yeah. movements? Gestures. Gestures. That's the one. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> who are proficient in casting magic nonverbally with gestures and, su- yes. and such. Um. We know that also it's not just them, that powerful witches and wizards have the ability to cast wandless magic, like it's theorized that Dumbledore can also use wandless magic. Yes. And not for nothing, the very beginning of this this whole story mm-hmm. is premised on the fact that a mother used wandless magic to save her child. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so... That's why wands are used to centralize the effect and make it more powerful, make it more, um, to bring it to fruition. Focus. Yes. Um, Think of it like if you, if you're out in a field in the middle of a, please don't do this, it's dangerous, mm -hmm. but if you're out in the field in the middle of an electrical storm, in the middle of a lightning storm, if lightning strikes, it'll strike randomly, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have a, lightning a wand rod. is essentially a lightning rod, a big old metal thing that is going to attract electricity to mm-hmm. it. So think of it of a wand that way. Instead of having magic all around you as part of you, as part of your being, as a witch or a wizard, the wand helps you focus it and direct it at the person or object that you're trying to magic. Yes. Um, so like I said, wandless magic, uh, is very difficult and requires much concentration, incredible skill, advanced wizards, and some magical creatures such as house elves are known to perform such magic. Goblins. Goblins as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their, their magic seems very interesting. Unicorns are just magical beings in general. Yes. But, um, the centaurs, they have their own magic and they're able to interpret stuff. Theirs is different, though. Theirs is so like. Theirs is more of a natural magic. Exactly, like Ma- magic nature sort of magic. Human magic seems more of like uh, cause and effect kind of thing. Yes. That that there has to be an action, and thus that'll trigger what happens. Whereas they just look at the stars and are inherently magical and can understand the stars. Yes. So it's, it's a very interesting difference, I Mars think. looks bright tonight. Yes. I just wanted to throw it out. I always remember that. It's one of those things. 
Sure. Yes. Wands are manufactured and sold by wand makers. I mean, obviously. The most famous of these in Great Britain being Ollivander. Not necessarily just by wand makers, because remember, in our last episode where we mm-hmm. talked about magical schools, Isalt and James made wands. James was not magical, but he... He was able to do the woodworking. Exactly. Because he, he had that side. So together, that couple was able to manufacture wands. And James Seward is actually listed as being a manufacturer of wands. Which See? is, he's the only one on the list as being non-magical. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of Impressive. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and in Eastern Europe is Grigorovich. Each wand consists of a specific type of wood that surrounds a core of magical substance. Although the wand cores may come from the same creature, or the wood may come from the same tree, no two existing wands are exactly alike. The study and uh, of the history and the magical properties of wands is called wand lore. So think of think of that. So it's really important what you just said mm-hmm. that it, the the core might come from the same animal. Mm-hmm. Um, the wand, the wood may come from the same tree, but no two wands are alike. It's like you and I. We're brother mm-hmm. and sister. We came from the same parents. We're not the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, so wands were actually developed in Europe. Uh, the, the exact date is unknown, but it was sometime in the BC era. Um, the Ollivander fa- family actually started manufacturing wands in 382 BC. Hold on. Yes. The correct term is B- BCE, not just BC. BCE, okay. Because BC is before Christ. BCE is before Common Era. Okay. I'm just saying, not everybody is is Christianity-centric. But I think that if I say BC, people really won't get offended, maybe. If they do, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just want us to use the correct terms. Okay. And then over time, the Ollivander family became... They, they developed a worldwide reputation of having the best wands. Could you imagine having your family line being able to be traced all the way back to before the Common Era? People with loud cars and motorcycles and motorcycles make me want. What? What's the compensation for? Anyway. Okay. Sorry, just sorry. That was that loud noise. It happened a lot last night, which is why it's frustrating me so much today. It happened four times last night in the span of fifteen minutes. I'm not sure if it was like a race. I'm not sure if it was just like it might have because this is a pretty straight street. So it is. Um. In the 13th century is when the history of the Elder Wands starts. That's when we're assuming it was created. Do we need to tell that whole story? No. Um, that we? We'll do the story when it actually comes up. We can brief, go over it really quickly. Um, apparently death made the wand called the Elder Wand. So apparently death made three things. And Not one the of story. them we're talking about wands. I know. And okay. one of them is the elder wand. Mm-hmm. And it is it is supposed to be the most powerful wand in existence. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it has a very bloody history. Mm-hmm. And it's all a thing of legends. We don't really know if it's if, if it's it from wand, death. if it was made it, like by death. Um, some of the legends around it seem really implausible. Mm-hmm. But we know that the Elder Wand does exist. And the first wielder of it was Antioch Peveril, who Dumbledore also believes actually created it, as opposed to it being created by death. Yeah. 
Um, so that, again, those, those, those are the two theories of how the Elder Wand was created. Death yes. or Antioch Peveril. There we are. It's something. Something happened. Death. It makes you want death. Okay. Oh, sorry, slot cards. Um, we we are we'll try our best, but there's nothing we can do about the outside world. Yeah, for the time being. <laughs> um, you do not have the elder wand. Not yet. Uh, the first wand maker uh, in North America was Isolde Sayer, which we talked about um, last episode. Yes. Her and um, James Stewart. Created yes. the first wands of what? What was the wood? Oh, we talked about it. We very did. Briefly. I don't remember. All I know is that the core was horn serpent. <laughs> That's as far as I go with that. Oh man. Um, Let me see. Hold on. Yes. I'll find it. Okay. So um, going forward, uh, there was a law created in America called Rappaport's Law, which we also mentioned in last episode. But it basically is, um, let me, let me, the story about it's actually very interesting. So this, this could be its own little thing, to be honest, but, uh, the law was intended to create absolute segregation between the nomad and wizarding communities. It banned witches and wizards from marrying or befriending nomads, allowing only interactions necessary to perform daily activities. And that's all quoted. And meted out harsh penalties for fraternization with non-nomadges. To ensure complete conformity with the law, only upon reaching the age of majority, 17, would a witcher wizard be legally allowed to carry a wand outside school. Wands were issued when students first arrived at Overmorning School of Witchcraft and Wizardry and had to be left at school during vacations. Ash. Ash. Okay. That's the word. Okay. So ash and horn serpent. Yes. Okay, cool. Prickly ash. There it is. You probably could have found it if we scrolled all the way down on the list. And I, I did also do that. Yes. But I found it in here first, and then I found it on the list. I like it. Because you know me. I have to find things. Yes. I, I, I do. Mm-hmm. If it's something I don't know, I have to find the information. Um, anyway, continue. By the 1920s, the use of wands had become common in North America, although every witch and wizard, including tourists, needed a wand permit. At an unknown point in history, wands were introduced to Asia. Cherry wand masters received special prestige at Mahotokoro School in Japan. Ah, yes. We heard about that last episode. Yes, we did. I really love that school. And then, it sounds awesome. Uh, in the 20th century, wands were introduced to Africa, where they were less commonly used compared to other parts of the world. Which, again, we also talked about. Yes. Um, so, magic with the wand is usually performed with an incantation, which... We know and there's actually already. laws that prohibit non- non-human magical creatures to own wands. I think that And use wands. I'm just saying, it's a thing. It's not actually mentioned, but that is actually a fact as well. It's mentioned in this book, actually. It is. We've already mentioned it. Mm-hmm. We talked about it at the Quidditch and, uh, World Cup with Winky and Barty Crouch Sr. Where well, he... It was more of uh, Amos Diggory. Diggory. Amos Diggory was like, you know there's a law that you can't have a wand. Yep. So. Um, so. And it's actually something com- that comes up in the Deathly Hollows book. Yes. Where it's um, Grim, Grimlock? Grim, what's his name? Griphook. Yes. Griphook 
set calls him a wand wielder, a wand carrier. A wand, yeah, wand carrier. A wand carrier. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's See, I remember. Um, I mean, I should. I've read this book enough times. True. Uh, nonverbal spells, obviously mentioned earlier, um, which conceal the spell until cast and may thereby prevent an opponent from uh, adequately protecting him or herself in time. Um, and we find out later on that in Hogwarts, they don't learn nonverbal magic until sixth year. Yes. Okay. So let's skip ahead about each wand. So the reason why um, wands are classified as being quasi-sentient is that they are as animate as an in- inanimate object can be. Um, it's mentioned later, which I will skip when it comes to, but I'll mention it now, is that wands actually grow with their Witcher Wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you use your wand, the more the wand becomes accustomed to the choices you make in given situations. It actually learns. Yes. But the wand chooses you based on the characteristics you already have. Yes. So... It makes sense that as you develop those characteristics, those things, the wand will you impo- continue you, to grow with you. The way I think about it is that you sort of impart your will mm-hmm. onto it. Sort of how, and I know this might sound almost a little controversial, is what parents do to their children, imparting their will onto them and thus mm-hmm. helping mold their child. Well, it makes sense. A lot of a lot of the a lot of the opinions mm-hmm. and values that we hold dear to us are actually imparted onto us from our parents. Yeah. So obviously as we grow more and go into the world, we take those ideas, those values with us mm-hmm. and they may be um, molded in different ways by our future circumstances, our future choices, our future environment, so that it's not exactly the same as what our parents imparted upon us. Mm-hmm. But at the very core, we have those values. So even if we completely depart from what was originally taught to us, we still have that at our base. Yep. And so that that's sort of how I see... Um, a witch or wizard with a wand mm-hmm. is sort of as like as like a parent and child, almost. Okay, sort of. I I see it in a very vague sense. Okay. Um, and so let's see the Celtic tree or Celtic. I feel Celtic. I like Celtic. I think it's well, whatever. Either way, I apologize for a mispronunciation. Um. <laughs> has assigned trees to different parts of the year, and it sometimes plays a part in one more. Uh, This calendar shows each month in the wood that goes with it, which I will find the calendar and probably have you post a picture of it, maybe? Maybe we can post it in our our group, in our page. Some wands and their owners align with the calendar, such as Harry Potter, Hermione Granger, Ron Weasley, and Draco Malfoy. Um, Their wands are made out of wood that is linked to their date of birth. Uh, Harry Which again between... is one of those things that JK seriously thought all of this yes. up. She did world building like she gets a if if you play D and D she got she rolled a twenty on world building. Yes, that's, that's what it was. Not twenty. Mm-hmm. And so like Harry's uh, his birthday is between July eighth and August fourth, so his is Holly. 
That makes and sense. it goes on and on about how Hermione's is Vine and Ron's is Ash and Draco's is Hawthorne. So let's actually talk, now that we've mentioned Wand Woods, mm-hmm. let's talk about them. Yes. Um, for some reason, my brain can never pronounce this one correct, so go with the first one. Asaya? No, or Acacia? Acacia! That's the one. That's the one. That's I can never pronounce it ever, correctly either. Ever, ever, ever. Well, I also do the same thing with Animagus and Stop! Don't do it to me! Stop! 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 <laughs> No, illegal. It's okay. It's okay. Um, Acacia is a very unusual wandwood. Uh, These are Ollivander's notes, so if it's I, it's coming from his perspective. So let's just just go for it. Yeah. A very unusual wandwood, which I have found creates tricky wands that often refuse to produce magic for any but their owner, and also withhold their best effects from all but those most gifted. So it seems like it's a wandwood for... Someone who is inherently powerful. Yes. And it's a very uh, loyal yes. wand wood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Alder. Alder is an unyielding wood, yet I have discovered that it is that its ideal owner is not stubborn or obstinate, but often helpful, considerate, and most likable. Okay, so this wand wood likes people who are nice? Basically. People okay. who... People, people who have a servant's heart. Basically. Um, apple. Applewood wands are not made in great numbers. They are powerful and best suited to an owner of high aims and ideals, as this wood mixes poorly with dark magic. So, a really powerful, good person. Yeah. Okay. It also says that the possessor of an apple wand will be well-loved and long-lived. And I've often noticed that customers of great personal charm find their perfect match in an applewood wand. Yes. Huh. Okay. It's, I like it's it. interesting. It's a rare wood. Super rare, apparently. But it's apparently very like it's it's a good sign. So like if 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 we could find a muggle who would have an applewood wand, maybe like Mother Teresa? Yeah, basically. Okay. Alright, just checking. Um Ash. The ash wand cleaves to its one true master and ought not to be passed on or gifted from the original owner, because it will lose power and skill. This tendency is extreme if the core is of unicorn, Ooh. which Ron's wand, his original wand, yes, was ash and unicorn. Oh, okay. So let's talk about this. <laughs> and we we've mentioned it before, mm-hmm. um, and we talked about it in. The just the way that it was in the book. So Ron's original wand, we have to remember that the Weasleys are a very big family mm-hmm. and they don't have a lot of money. So Ron being, what, the fifth out of six, the sixth boy? Hold on, there's Bill, Charlie, fifth? Percy, Fred, Twins, and George. Older, He's the six. sixth out the of six, boy. six boys. Yeah. It's the sixth. Yeah. There's only one person younger than him. He got a hand-me-down everything, Mm -hmm. including a hand-me-down wand. It used to be Charlie's. But the wand that he got was an ash wand Mm -hmm. with a unicorn hair core. Which is inherently the most loyal wand combination. So I think that the reason he's able to even do magic with it is because he's a Weasley. Which the funny thing is, is that we never actually see him do anything 
correctly with that wand. No, actually. but he's able to sort of kind of do magic with it. And I think it's because it's a like the wand realizes that he's in the family as the original owner. Mm-hmm. But he's like, that's as far as my loyalty goes to you. My loyalty lies with the original wand owner. Yeah. It's Charlie's wand, so yeah, it's forever Charlie's wand. Ron can't use it all. And then we, we actually notice. never see if you actually read the first book again, we never see Ron actually cast magic with it. Yes, because he can't. And we notice that once he's has his own wand, J.K. actually starts writing about him doing magic with his wand, mm-hmm. and we see it not in this book but in the next one mm-hmm. that he's able to do some pretty. It, like advanced magic with it. It's funny that Neville gets such a bad rap for his inability to do magic, but Ron couldn't do magic for like two books. Yeah. And why did nobody put two and two together? Like, hey, Ron wasn't able to really do magic until third year when he got a new wand. Maybe. Well, my thing is, is why... I mean, I guess you never have a reason to go back to Ollivander's ever after you get your wand. Unless you need a new one for whatever yeah. reason. Well, we find out that most wizards only go through a couple of wands in their lifetime. Unless you're an American wizard. Yes. Which they go through a couple. They have a couple on them at all times. Yeah. I think that should be a common thing as well for Aurors in Europe. I would think so. Wands. I would think so. But it's never mentioned, but I feel like if you're actually tracking down dark wizards, what if you get disarmed? What do you do? And you better like be the, proficient in some non-magical, non-verbal magic. Or not uh, wandless magic, which or again, would magic. not be good. Yeah. So I think that it's a common practice in American wizarding uh, community for them to have multiples. And I think that it would also make sense for auras in Europe. But again, it's not mentioned. So that's just a, that's just a theory of mine. So um, I think it's really cool if you're reading it. It actually mm-hmm. says that there's a an old rhyme about certain kinds of wood mm-hmm. that have a nugget of truth in them. Mm-hmm. So he says there's an old superstition regarding wands rarely bear like old superstitions regarding wands rarely bear close examination. But I find that the old rhyme regarding Rowan chestnut ash and hazel wands rowan gossips chestnut drones ash is stubborn hazel moans contains a small nugget of truth yeah it's really cool mm-hmm. um the next wand wood is aspen wand quality aspen wood is white and fine grained and highly prized by all wand makers for its stylish resemblance to ivory and it's usually outstanding charm mark okay yep who has a white wand? Um, I mean, I, I can say Voldemort technically has a white-looking wand, but it's not. Aspen. No, that's not what that is. What? Okay. All right. No, I was trying to think about who in the. In you can scroll the, down. There's pictures. It's fine. Do we know of anybody who has an Aspen wand? I don't think so. Um, no. The Silver Spears was a notorious and secret dueling club in the 18th century that allegedly only allowed wizards and wizards to possess wands made from aspen wood to join. The Silver Spears. Okay. I'm going to say no. Yep, we do not. Okay. So, moving on. Yes. 
Um, beach. But we never even talked about what the qualities are for Aspen. So the proper owner of an Aspen wand is often an accomplished duelist, which makes sense for the Silver Spears now. There you go. Um, and it's particularly suited to martial magic. Yes. Which makes sense. Dueling. And, oh, it and, says it right here. An infamous and secretive 18th century dueling club, which called itself the Silver Spears, was reputed to admit only those who had Aston Wands. In my experience, Aston Wand owners are generally strong-minded and determined, more likely than most to be attracted by quests and new orders. This is a wand for revolutionaries. So I'm thinking Gryffindors and, and Slytherins? Yep. That sounds right. Uh, beach. The true match for a beach wand will be, if young, wise beyond his or her years, and if full-grown, rich in understanding and experience. Uh, beach wands perform very weakly for the narrow-minded and intolerant. So who do we know who has a beach wand? Um, I don't think there's any. They didn't say anyone. No. I'm pretty sure no one that we know of has a beach wand. Um, Fair enough. Yes. Next when is properly matched, the beach wand is capable of a subtlety and artistry rarely seen in any other wand, hence its lustrous reputation. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, next is Blackthorn. Blackthorn, which is a very unusual wand wood, has a reputation in my well-merited, uh, in my view, well-merited of being best suited to a warrior. This does not necessarily mean that its owner practices the dark arts, um, but it's usually found among ores as well as many people who reside in Azkaban. Yes. Um, black walnut. Less common than the standard walnut wand, that of black walnut seeks a master of good instincts and powerful insight. Black walnut is a very handsome wood, but not easiest to master. It has one pronounced quirk, which is that it is abnormally attuned to inner conflict and use, loses power dramatically if its possessor practices any form of self-deception. So basically, if you're lying to yourself about something, mm -hmm. your wand is like, mm -mm, you better get right with yourself. Yeah, basically. It, it, it's a very interesting wand wood. Yeah. I think one of the times I did the quiz, I actually got black walnut so damn your wand didn't want you to lie to yourself yeah, always lie to myself anyway stop lying to yourself cedar. stop it whenever i meet one uh who carries a cedar wand i find strength of character and unusual loyalty my father uh Jervais olivander used to always say you will never fool the cedar carrier and i agree the cedar wand finds its perfect home when there is what persistent uh, where Persipacity? Is that how you say it? That is a Persipacity, word. Yeah. yeah. And perception. Okay. That is a very interesting word. I'm very... I like learning new words, so like, give me some... <laughs> the quality of having ready... Persipacity means... Okay. Yeah, the quality of having ready insight into things and shrewdness. Shrewdness. The persipacity of her... Are we going to start using that word now? We might. Okay. I think I know someone who has a cedar, actually. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's a very important person. 
Let me see. Cedar. I was wrong. I lied. Horus Slughorn. Yep. We don't meet Slughorn until the sixth book, mm -hmm. um, until Half Blood Prince. But it's very important to note that he's a potions master. He yes. has he has a hand in helping um, Lord Voldemort, a young Tom Riddle, yes. become Lord Voldemort. Basically, but it wasn't. It wasn't done on purpose. Yes. It was. It was just something that happened. Mm -hmm. Like, notice we're still we're still venturing into spoiler territory, but we're not willing to be like, and here's everything. Yep. Because if you're new to this, we want you to still be able to enjoy the yeah. twists and turns of Harry Potter. Yes. Uh, so the next one is Cherry. Cherry. Sorry. I realized I didn't pronounce that very well. Interesting. No, no, you didn't. This very rare wand would creates a wand of strange power. Most <coughs> Most highly prized by the wizarding students of the school of Mahotokoro in Japan, where those who own cherry wands have special prestige. Is there anything special? It about makes that? sense. The cherry blossom. Okay. What? No, no. I was, if there was anything special about cherry that you wanted to mention, because you have like the whole thing up, and I'm doing like a brief version. Um, cherry wood often makes a wand that possesses truly lethal power. Whatever the core. Oh my god. But if teamed with Dragon Heartstring, oh no. the wand ought never to be teamed with a wizard without exceptional self-control and strength of mind. So basically, if it's not with a strong AF wizard, yes. bad things will happen. Well, we've mentioned... So we mentioned that... Uh, was it Ash? Right? Ash? Yes. Ash and Unicorn Hair uh, make... Incredibly, fiercely incredibly, loyal. fiercely loyal. This one is fiercely powerful. Yes. Cherry and Dragon Heartstring. Do we know of anyone in our world, in Harry Potter world, that has a cherry one? Yes. Oh. Gildory Lockhart. Really? Yep. Mary uh, Kettermole. Kettermole. Yeah. Uh, she. Oh. Reg's wife, I think. Re yeah, Reg's wife from. Deathly Hollows. She yeah. has a cherry wand. Um, Neville. Neville ends up wand. having a cherry wand. It's his replacement one that um, Ollivander made him. So this is where we need to talk about Neville. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and we've mentioned it before. Neville's original wand was his dad's. It was Frank Longbottom's Frank wand. Frank Longbottom's wand. We don't know what wood it was. We don't know what core it had. We don't know length. We don't know those details. But we know that Neville, up until fifth year, kind of stinks at magic. Yes. To the point where, um, in the next chapter that we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. McGonagall actually yells at him not to let anybody from Durmstrang know that he can't perform a switching, a simple switching spell because he puts his ears onto, like, a plant. Yeah. So, this but, is what bothers me a lot, is everyone looks down on Neville because he used his father's wand. And we don't know what the wand is composed of. We don't know what the wood is. We don't know what the core is. But we know that Frank... Longbottom was a very powerful 
wizard. Yes. And we know that he fought like crazy in the first wizarding war until Bellatrix Lestrange cast the Cruciatus. She tortured him into insanity. Yeah, she tortured him and his wife into insanity. Mm -hmm. That's the really big spoiler. Yes. And it, it actually makes me very emotional, the whole dynamic of that family. Yes. Um, because they're still alive. So, Al and I have had this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I cried. And we cried. Well, mm-hmm. you cried. I, I teared up. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Um, it's one thing to have never had parents. But, so, Harry suffers from not having had parents. Mm-hmm. It's terrible for him in another regard because he lives with an abusive family anyway. But for Neville, it's it's somehow it can be considered to be worse because he has his parents, but he doesn't. Yep. Like he can go visit them. He hears stories of Aunt, them. And what's her name? Uh, Alice. Alice. I always forget. I want to call her Anne. Alice and Frank Longbottom. They don't. They're they're physically there, but they're not mentally there. Yep. So he can go see them. But they won't recognize their own child. So, like, what defines a parent to you, you know? I think that we can go very scientific and very logical with it and say that a parent is someone who fathers you, right? Who has donated their genetic material to create you. But I think that in a more emotional, more comprehensive way, a parent is someone who, who takes care of you, who is there for you, who um, revels with you in your victories, who props you up when you fail. And Neville doesn't have that at all. No. His grandma is the one who's raising him. Mm -hmm. And she's not very... She's very strict and she expects a lot from him because of what his father and mother have accomplished. Yes. But, well, so in the last episode, we talked about how people are accepted into Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the quill of... The quill... Oh, goodness. Is it the Quill of Acceptance and the... It's the Quill of Acceptance and the Book of Admittance. Yes. So the Quill of Acceptance will automatically write your name if you're magical. Mm -hmm. But the Book of Acceptance won't allow the Quill to write into it. Like, it won't even open up unless you're magical enough. Mm -hmm. And it almost didn't open for Neville. Mm Mm-hmm. But again, nobody noticed that when he was born, shortly after being born, that he magicked a blanket onto him cause, himself because he was cold. Mm-hmm. You know, so he he has these lofty shoes to fill, these lofty expectations to meet, and nobody believes in him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have. Parents, yes. like I said. Whereas everybody believes in Harry no matter what mm-hmm. because he's the boy who lived. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really unfair. I do too. I hate it, actually. <sighs> but I think it's awesome that Neville ends up with a cherry wand anyway. Because he's powerful. Because he is powerful. And we find out that well, later... You know, you we're know. not even going to get into all mm-hmm. of that. But we find out that... He is just as powerful as Harry. So this is the thing that makes me... Like, it's so weird. But it makes me proud of Neville in a way. Even though he's not even a real person. Is that 
there's all these witches and wizards who are born with inherent power, mm-hmm. like crazy amounts of power. But he apparently wasn't necessarily born with with a, cr- a huge store of power. Yeah. But he trained to become powerful. He his was through effort, not natural born talent. Yeah, and that's what makes it so much better. Yeah. He couldn't even cast Expelliarmus in the fifth year. No, not, he a, not at even first. Cast no. Expelliarmus. Something that Harry mastered in his second year, Neville could not do in his fifth year, but by the end of, could. Yeah. He could cast any spell. He fought dark wizards yes. and witches. That's all through his own effort. Yes. And so, like, I, I, I'm so proud of Neville, you know? And again, he's not real, so it's so weird, but like I am. I agree with you. Let's let's keep it moving. So the okay. next one Chestnut. would Yes. This is a most curious multi multifaceted wood, which varies greatly in its character depending on the wand core, and takes a great deal of color from the personality that possesses it. It's attracted to witches and wizards who are skilled tamers of magical beasts. So I bet you if we looked at it. I bet you Hagrid has a chestnut wand. Probably. Ew, you know who has one? Who? Peter Pettigrew. I mean, these were at. <laughs> oh, and Ron, apparently his third wand. That's the one that I think he took from a snatcher. Is a chestnut. Right? Can you click it and it'll tell you? Uh, it says during the... Yes. No, he took it from Peter. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, okay. Because his wand was taken by the Snatchers. Yep. Okay. Um, next is Cypress. Cypress wands are associated with nobility. The great medieval wand maker, uh, Geraint, I guess, okay. Ollivander, wrote that he was always honored to match a Cypress wand, for he knew he was meeting a witch or wizard who would die a heroic death. Um, just a heads up, mm-hmm. three successive heads of the Wizengamot mm-hmm. had have possessed chestnut and unicorn hair wands. Okay. Because this combination shows a predilection for those concerned with all manners of justice. Okay, cool. We're on Cypress now. Oh, sorry. That was okay. chestnut. Sorry, I thought that that was cool. My bad. No, no, no. It's a, it's a cool fact. Yeah. So that was for chestnut. Yes. <laughs> that was for chestnut, my bad. No, it's fine. Okay, moving on. Uh, Cypress, I already read the whole thing. Yes. Heroic death. So, so equal fact. going on. Dogwood? Dogwood. Okay, Dogwood. Apparently it's <laughs> one of Ollivander's personal favorites. Yes. I have found that matching a dogwood wand with its ideal owners is always entertaining. Dogwood wands are quirky and mischievous. They have playful natures and insist upon partners who can provide them with a scope uh, for entertainment and fun. Anything cool about that? Um, oh, people with dogwood wands have been known to perform outstanding spells under difficult conditions. Cool. Uh, we don't know anyone actually in the universe who has it. Okay, that's helpful. Uh, who have dogwood wands? I will no. get my phone in a second. Um, there, so then let's just go to Ebony. Yes. Ebony, this jet black wand wood has... Um, an impressive appearance and reputation, being highly suited to all manner of combative magic and to transfiguration. Okay. Any cool facts? 
Um, let's see. Frequently non-conformist, highly individual or comfortable with the status of outsider. Ebony wand owners have been found both among the ranks of the Order of the Phoenix and among Death Eaters. There you go. Um, My experience, Ebony Wands, perfect match is one who will hold fast to his or her beliefs no matter what the external pressure and will not be swayed lightly from their purpose. So someone who is very attached to their morals Mm -hmm. and who is not going to be easily swayed. I like it. So it makes sense that it would be found equally in both people in the Order of the Phoenix and Death Eaters. Eaters. Yep. English oak. A wood for for good times and bad. This Uh, is a friend... You just totally... Oh, there's more. What? So English oak doesn't even come up on here. Okay, go ahead. This This one doesn't have a source, so... We're gonna completely go over it. No, no, we're no, gonna like, talk about it, but we're going to preface this with, I'm not sure where this came from. Okay. English Oak. A wand for good times and bad. This is a friend as loyal as the wizard who deserves it. Wands of English Oak demand partners of strength, courage, and fidelity. I will right. look for a source of that, because that sounds awesome. Right? That sounds like the Excalibur of wands. Right. Wandwoods. Um, Elder. Oh, so he starts this with, this is the rarest wand wood of all. Yep, and reputed to be deeply unlike unlucky. The Elder Wand is trickier to master than any other. It contains powerful magic, but scorns to remain with any owner who is not the superior of his or her company. It takes a remarkable wizard to keep the Elder Wand for any length of time, which ties into the Elder Wand. Because it's made of elder wood. And the old superstition is actually wand of elder never prosper. Yep. Um, so the the legend for the elder wand, the one that is part of the death, the, the hollows. <laughs> I was going to say the deathly hollows, but no, the hollows. Um, is that obviously the first Peveril brother. Antioch. Antioch, apparently, supposedly, allegedly, got it from death. Mm-hmm. And then, shortly thereafter, he was bragging about it in he, a tavern. First, he used it to kill someone. Yes. Who he, his rival. Yes. Who he had never been able to defeat before. He killed him. And then went to a tavern nearby to brag about it. And then was murdered in his sleep for the wand that very night. And that's the first of many bloody, bloody... Things something, that happened with that wand. Something I noticed that we haven't mentioned is we've mentioned loyalty a lot. Yes. And what does that mean for wands? So in wand lore, ownership of wands can transfer. So usually the best way to gain the allegiance of a wand is to defeat its current master. Yeah. Um, some wands who are less loyal, I'm assuming, can be used just as well by being lent out. But for the mm-hmm. most part, you want to gain the wand's actual allegiance. Yes. Which is through defeating its owner. Not necessarily killing its owner. Yes. But defeating them, let's say, in a in a duel yeah, would de- be sufficient. Even, even disarming them is sufficient in some mm-hmm. ways because that actually shows that the current owner was not able to take care of the wand. Mm-hmm. 
And so in a lot of instances, for less loyal ones, being disarmed is enough to lose its allegiance. So yeah. There you go. So about the elder wood, mm-hmm. the truth is that only a highly unusual person will find their perfect match in elder. Mm-hmm. And on the rare occasion when such a pairing occurs, I take it as certain that the witch or wizard in question is marked out for a special destiny. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, so, Elm. Um, the unfounded belief that only purebloods can produce magic from elm wands was undoubtedly started by some elm wand owner seeking to prove his own blood credentials, for I have known perfect matches of elm wands who are muggleborns. And, do you know who happens to have an elm wand? Who? Lucius Malfoy. Oh, I wonder. <sighs> what a surprise. Yep. This is my surprise face. Oh, that looks like your regular face. There you go. Okay. Um, fur, my August grandfather. Oh, so English Oak is here. Oh, so it's just further down. Yeah, because English Oak, it wasn't, um, Uh, alphabetical. True. So English Oak is here, so you can go ahead and talk about it. Oh, it is. stupid. Okay. I already talked about it. So. If you have any interesting facts. Let's see. This oak tree is called King of the Forest from the winter solstice up until the summer solstice. And its wood should only be collected during that time. Um, it just said that Merlin's wand was made of English oak. Yeah. So guess what? My whole Excalibur wood. You were right. There it is. I mean, Merlin didn't have Excalibur, but like he kind of helped. He helped. It's okay. fine. Anyway. It's, he's tangentially related. Lady of the Lake kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, English oak, like I said, sounds very cool. Merlin's wand, like, come on. Yes. Come on, Merlin's pants. Um, <laughs> oh, his Merlin's most, pants. His most saggy wife fronts. <laughs> okay. Uh, for my August grandfather, Gerald Octavius Ollivander, always called wands of this wood the survivor's wand, because he had sold it to three wizards who subsequently passed their mortal peril unscathed. What does August grandfather mean? I have no idea. That's why I stopped and was like, what? I'm going to look it up really quick because I'm very curious. Majestic? Okay. That's an interesting... Dignified or imposing. Okay. That's... Okay. All right. I mean... Go Ollivander. (laughs) Unscathed. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Fur wands apparently keep you alive, which is... Do we know of anybody who has fur? Yes, I think there is someone actually. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, Minerva McGonagall. Which makes sense. It does because of what happens in the next book. Next book? Yep. Should we mention it? No, there's no point. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't help. She she was attacked. And consider, like, she could have passed away, but she didn't. We missed something cool. What? Lupin's wand is Cypress. Oh my god, really? Yes. Dude, that's so sick. I 
I actually love that. What was the thing for Cyprus? Let me go back up. I remember I was like impressed. Ew. Nobility. When, when cool. we talked about Birch, Dolores Umbridge. Nope. Okay. Nope. We're going to keep it moving. Yep. Uh, Hawthorne. The wandmaker Gorovich wrote that Hawthorne makes a strange, contradictory wand as full of paradoxes as a tree that gave it birth, whose leaves and leaves and blossoms heal, and yet whose cut branches smell of death. Draco Malfoy has a Hawthorne wand. Yes, he does. Um, so they are particularly suited to healing magic, but they are also adept at curses, which also makes sense. It's not easy to master, but placing a Hawthorne wand in the hands of a witch or wizard of proven talent, um, the consequences could be dangerous. Yep. Hawthorne wands have a notable peculiarity. Peculiarity. Yes. can't say that word. Their spells can, when badly handled, backfire. So we have Hazel next. A sensitive wand. Hazel often reflects its owner's emotional state and works best for a master who understands and can manage their own feelings. Which makes sense. Guess who has a hazel wand? Who? Trelawney. Oh my god. Okay. Um, next is Holly, which is going to be an interesting one, actually. Um, Isn't that uh, our man HP's wand? Yes. Okay. Holly is one of the rarer wands of Wandwoods. Traditionally considered protective, it works most happily for those who may need help overcoming a tendency to anger and impetuosity. Oh, really? Like <laughs> someone who likes to run into dangerous situations without having a plan? Okay. Wood from holly trees has magical healing properties and is thought to repel evil. Holly people make good leaders and thoughtful, loving, and effective counselors. Holly people should use their understanding of the dark, hidden side of humanity to guide others in their need of time, in their time of need. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. Holly is one of those woods that varies most dramatically in performance, depending on the wand core, and it is a notoriously difficult wood to team with Phoenix Feather. <laughs> as the wand's volatility conflicts strangely with the phoenix's detachment. In the unusual event of such a pairing, mm -hmm. finding its ideal match, however, nothing and nobody should stand in their way. <laughs> I mean, okay. That's what it says in Wizarding World. That's why Harry is so ridiculously powerful. Number one, he's OP. Yeah, number yeah. I mean, Jesus. with the wand. I mean, it literally yeah. just said nothing and nobody should stand in their way. Yeah, but I'm saying like he's the chosen one. I wonder, and this is a theory that I wanted to to shoot to you to see what you thought. Mm -hmm. So you know how Harry got a piece of uh, he got some ability from Voldemort. <laughs> I don't want to go that spoiler heavy <laughs> to ruin the whole story. You know how he got, he was marked as Voldemort's equals? Yes. Kind of a thing. And that's how he was able to know parcel tongue. Still a big spoiler, but not the one that I was Well, no. We, we, like, there's no reason why he should know this. Yeah. Why he should be a parcel mouth. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think that some of 
Voldemort's magical ability was also conferred onto Harry at such a young age. And this, like, Harry was naturally gifted already, and then Voldemort's power on top made him just ridiculous. Because we even talked about how, like, incredibly powerful and talented Harry is. And it's not just because he has that inherent, like, um... I think that he Height is, at his age or whatever. I think that he... So remember that when going through the sorting ceremony, the sorting hat said you could basically go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like you could go this way, but you have a need to prove yourself. So you could go in Slytherin. I think that his need to prove himself along with his natural ability and the fact that his wand is OP, Mm -hmm. is overpowered. um, I think that all those things combined made it so that he had this thirst to prove himself Mm -hmm. and to master whatever he could master. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, he has a destiny to fulfill. True. So he has to have all of these things in place to be able to do that. Yeah. That's what I think. Do I think that it helped, that it may have helped a little bit? To be marked as Voldemort's equal? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I think that it helped in, in regards to it opening doors for him mm-hmm. that may have otherwise been closed. So you don't think it topped up his magical powers? Um, <laughs> probably not. Prob- weird, but. Probably not. But I think that it's not outside of the realm of possibilities to have occurred. Yeah. But I personally don't think it did. I just think that... And it, okay, so in a day and age where we talk about people's privilege and this and that, I think that the fact that he was marked as, as Voldemort's equal gave him a privilege that isn't afforded to very many other people. Okay. So, like, in the last book, it made it so that he was on first-name basis, on a first-name basis with the Minister of Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it so that he was considered for in his first year to be allowed to play on the house Quidditch team. Yeah. Um, it made it so that people, even non, non wizard magical beings such as Dobby knew his name and wanted to protect him. So I think that in Voldemort marking him as his equal, Mm-hmm. it gave him a ton of opportunities he wouldn't have otherwise had. True. Interesting take. I like it. Okay. That is what I have to say about that. So <laughs> let's go. We're at an hour, so we may need to split this into two episodes. Or speed it up, maybe. There's so much. There's so much. So we're going to have to split this up into two episodes. Because we want to make sure that it gets... There's just so much. Yeah, so let's keep going. Okay, Hornbeam. Beam. Hornbeam. Okay. Uh, Hornbeam selects for its life mate the talented witcher wizard with a single pure passion, which some might call obsession, though I prefer the term vision, which will almost always be realized. You know who has a Hornbeam one? Who? Garrick Ollivander. I love it. Because he does have a single passion. It's Wandlord. And mm-hmm. Victor Crumb. What's his passion? Bitch. Well, actually, I think it's I think his passion 
is to be someone that he can be proud of. Yes. Because he, number one, is an international Quidditch star, which is amazing in its own right. But he lost the Quidditch World Cup on his own terms, the best way that he could. Yeah. He, even in the face of, you know, all these outside forces, like at the end of the book that we're currently going over, which again, this is spoiler heavy, so like, we're still trying not to be super spoiler heavy. Even though Karkaroff disappears. Yes. And he has to shoulder the burden of he has to shoulder the burden of the school and its reputation and how it's evil and blah 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 and fa- potentially facing like being ostracized. Yeah. He still stands up for his school and his people. Yes, one hundred percent. So I think that that's his passion. You know what? Like Victor, thinking about it, Victor Crumb is much cooler than I initially thought he was because of that. I'm telling you. Okay, so the next one, but um. And it actually says the last line is a particularly fine-tuned and sentient wand. I like it. All right. Large. Large. It's strong, durable, and warm in color. It's valued as an attractive and powerful wand. Uh, Its reputation for instilling courage and confidence in its users has ensured that demand has always outstripped supply. Interesting. Right. Is there anything else you want to say about Larch? Is there anything with the Larch wall? Yes, Celestia Warbeck, the <laughs> singer. Yes, the one who, uh, uh, Cauldron of Love, or what was the song? You stole my cauldron, but you can't have my heart. Oh, good God. That's, that's one of them. The one you're thinking is different, though. Oh, Cauldron, Cauldron, what was that? What was it? I'm looking up song titles right now. <laughs> Uh, a cauldron full of hot, strong love. That's what it was. There you go. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Laurel mm-hmm. is the next Wandwood. Yes. Um, and if I look at Laurel, it says... It is said that a Laurel one cannot perform a dishonorable act, although in the quest for glory, and not common in goal for those best suited to these wands... I have known Laurel Wands perform powerful and sometimes lethal magic. Um, they're sometimes fickle. They're some they're called fickle sometimes, but that's not fair. The Laurel Wand seems unable to tolerate laziness in a possessor. And it is in such conditions that it is most easily and will willingly won away. So you see where we talked about wands um, switching allegiance? This would be a time where it would be easily won away if the Laurel Wand owner becomes lazy. Um, Otherwise, it will cleave happily to its first match forever. And indeed has the unusual and engaging attribute of issuing a spontaneous lightning strike if another witch or wizard attempts to steal it. So it protects itself? Okay. Yes. And there's one person who's known to have it. Okay. One of the Jacob siblings in Hogwarts Mystery. Oh, okay. Um, they have a Laurel Phoenix Feather wand. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a soda. No. Ew. Okay, <laughs> so the next one is Maple. Mm-hmm. And Maple, it actually says that... 
I'm going back up. I have often found that those chosen by maple wands are by nature travelers and explorers. They are not stay-at-home wands and prefer ambition in their witch or wizard. Otherwise, their magic grows heavy and lackluster. So who do we know that has a maple wand? Jacob from Hogwarts Mystery. Ah, anybody else? Okay. <laughs> so the next wand would is paired. Oh, it's also one that Harry tried. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, and it didn't like him. Maple Phoenix Feather 7 inch. Yeah. Seriously. I hate you so much. Okay. I think it must be one of your neighbors. Maybe. I okay. This is also a very heavily trafficked street. Unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway. So next is Pear. This golden-toned wood produces wands of splendid magical powers, which give uh, which give of their best in the hands of the warm-hearted, the generous, and the wise. Possessors of pear wands are, in my experience, usually popular and well-respected. So it says here that he's very rarely the, um, that pear wands are very rarely discovered in the possession of a dark witch or wizard. Mm -hmm. They're among the most resilient, and they present a remarkable appearance of newness even after many years of hard use. And unfortunately, no, no one who has one. Yeah. That sucks. Pine. The straight green pine wand always chooses an independent, uh, independent individual master, uh, independent individual master who may be perceived as a loner, intriguing, and perhaps mysterious. Pine wands enjoy being used creatively, and unlike some others, will adapt uh, unprotestingly to new methods and spells. I'm going to finish reading what it says here, and then I'm going to say something. Okay. Many wand makers insist that pine woods, wands are able to detect and perform best for owners who are destined for long lives. And I can confirm this in as much as I have never personally known the master of a pine wand to die young. The pine wand is one of those that is most sensitive to nonverbal magic. Yes. And the reason I am saying this it's your wand. is because it's my wand. I knew it. Uh, I, according to Wizarding World, my wand is pine wood with a unicorn hair core, 14 and a half inches long, and rigid flexibility. I like it. So I just wanted to throw it out there. Apparently, I'm going to live a very long life. And I'm probably really good at nonverbal magic, which we're not going to get into that. So, <laughs> the next, do we know of anybody else who has a pine wand? Nope. No one? No. Nope. Just me? Yeah. You're special. Oh, look at me. I'm super special. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So. This is my Ravenclaw account. Yikes. We're logging out. Whatever happens. <laughs> so the next one is Poplar. Um, and according to Poplar, if you seek integrity, search first among the Poplars. Here is a wand to rely upon of consistency, strength, and uniform power. Always happiest when working with a witch or wizard of clear moral vision. So look, we find one that is, an, again really into moral standing you know like this is the second wand that we know of that is this way 
Mm-hmm. Um, we only find that Eldritch Diggory and Evangeline Orpington, which are like random characters that aren't really characters, like we never really hear about them again. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they're cited as evidence against a myth that popular ones never choose politicians. So apparently they're politicians. Oh, lovely. Yes. But those are the only instances we have of that kind of wood. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is red oak. So apparently there's a whole bunch of different kinds of oak. And it says, you will often hear the ignorant say that red oak is an infallible sign of its owner's hot temper. In fact, the true match for a red oak wand is possessed of unusually fast reactions, making it a perfect dueling wand. So, um, it's that uh, ideal master is light of touch, quick-witted, and adaptable. Uh, often the creator of distinctive trademark spells and a good man or woman to have beside one in a fight. Red oak wands are, in Ollivander's opinion, among the most handsome. And we are going to see if anybody has this. Uh, Nope. We don't know of anybody who has one. What kind of wand do you have, Al? I actually just logged in to find my original account that's Gryffindor. Okay. Where I even have Sirius Black, Marauder's Map, and Expected Patronum State as my favorites. Okay. And my wand is Elmwood with a Phoenix Feather Core, 13 and 3 quarter inches, and pliant flexibility. Okay. So what did we know about Elm? Elm. Let's scroll up and find out. Elm. The unfounded belief that only purebloods can produce magic from elm wands was not uh, started by the... Yeah. Lucius, you have the same wand. What is Lucius? Oh, well. He's a... It's he's fine. A, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yep. So, Rowan. Rowan Wood. We've heard about this before in that little... Um, that little old rhyme. Yes, we have, actually. Yes. So, Rowan Wood... Has always been uh, much favored for wands because it is reputed to be more protective than any other, and in my experience, renders all manner of defensive charms especially strong and difficult to break. So there you go. Do we know of anybody who has a Rowan wand? Um, let's find out. No. Nope. Okay. Um, and of course, there are a couple that we haven't talked about, like Reed. Mm-hmm. Because we don't actually have the, like that information is not on um, Wizarding World, mm-hmm. but if you want to talk about it, you can. Um, there Rhino? is a YouTube like it's here. Yeah, we're not gonna go there. That is the actual Wizarding World of Harry Potter, where I guess it's, it's explained to the person about. Okay, but we're not. Yeah, we're not gonna go there. I'm going to check with you. I'm curious. Okay. Um, but while we're there, I'm just going to talk about uh, Silver Lime, apparently. Silver Lime. This unusual and highly attractive wandwood was greatly in vogue in the 19th century. So 
18 something. Uh, demand outstripped supply and unscrupulous wand makers dyed substandard woods in an effort to fool purchasers into believing that they had purchased silver lime. That's terrible. Um, so yes, the reed wood actually is from someone's experience of the wand choosing ceremony. Okay. And what they said is factual. Reed wands are best suited to those who are bold and are eloquent speakers and prove to be very protective friends. Oh, okay. So there you go. Good to know. Um, the next one is spruce. Mm-hmm. And would you want like to read that? Yeah. Unskilled wand makers call spruce a difficult wood, but in doing so, they reveal their own ineptitude. It is quite true that it requires particular deafness to work with spruce, which produces wands that are ill-matched with cautious or nervous natures and become positively dangerous in fumbling fingers. Okay, let me see what it says. No one for spruce. It says, um, when a spruce wand meets its match, Mm -hmm. which in my experience is a bold spellcaster with a good sense of humor, it becomes a superb helper, intensely loyal to its owner, and capable of producing particularly flamboyant and dramatic effects. Yes. Uh, the next two have no... They're mentioned in passing. There is no actual information about them. Is snakewood, which is the wood that is actually... Um, which was like sort of created, I guess, if you want to call it that. When um, Isoltzer actually planted Slytherin's wand yes. in the ground, snakewood was created from that. Yeah, but I, um, they didn't actually make... She wasn't able to make wands No, no, but it was just a wood that... I'm sure it could be used for wands, but she just didn't have... She couldn't destroy it, so yeah. I don't even know if you'd be able to wield All it. Lander has his ways. Yeah. And so then the other one is... It's supposedly sufficiently wand-quality wood, it's just no one knows how to use handle it. Handle it, yeah. You handle it. It is sugar maple. And again, that was mentioned in passing. I don't know where, but okay. I'll, I'll find a source for that at some point. So the next one we actually have information on. Fantastic Beasts. Okay. So, continue. So the next one we have is Sycamore, mm-hmm. and it says, The Sycamore makes a questing wand, eager for new experience and losing brilliance if engaged in mundane activities. So no cleaning spells. No. Uh, it is a quirk of these handsome wands that they may combust if allowed to become bored. Seriously? Yep. Okay. Um, the next is Tamarock, which again was mentioned in um, Fantastic Beasts. Hold on, Beast. hold on, hold on, hold on, yes. before we get there. Yes. As may be deduced, the Sycamore's ideal owner is curious, uh, vital, and adventurous. And when paired with such an owner, it demonstrates a capacity to learn and adapt that earns it a rightful place among the world's most highly prized wandwoods. Mm. Just wanted to throw that out there. I like it. Do we know anybody who has a Sycamore wand? Um, I don't know. Let's find out. Nope. Okay. Next is Tamarack, which is um, another kind of larch tree, actually. Okay. Native to the northern United States and Canada, mentioned in Fantastic Beasts, and that's it. There's no actual information about it. Okay. Next is Vine. Which is Hermione's wand. Yes. 
Vine wands are among the less common types, and I have been intrigued to notice that their owners are nearly always those witches or wizards who seek a greater purpose, who have a vision beyond the ordinary, and who frequently astound those who think they know them best. Vine wands seem strongly attracted by personalities with hidden depths, and they are more sensitive than any other when it comes to instantly detecting a prospective match. Reliable sources claim that these wands can emit magical effects upon the mere entrance into their room of a suitable owner. And I have twice observed the phenomena in my own shop. Mm. I bet you one of them was Hermione. Probably. Where Hermione walked in and the wand started like buzzing or something. Yeah. It was like, she's here, she's here. Yep. Next is Walnut. Highly intelligent witches and wizards ought to be offered a walnut wand for trial first. Because in nine cases out of ten, the two will find each other their ideal mate. Ooh! Who has one? Bellatrix. Okay. Um, she is smart. She's just creepy. Yes. So, walnut wands are often found in the hands of magical innovators and inventors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unusually versatile and adaptable. A note of caution, however... While some wands are difficult to dominate and may resist the performance of spells that are foreign to their nature, the walnut wand will, once subjugated, perform any task its owner desires, provided that the user is of sufficient brilliance. This makes for a truly lethal weapon in the hands of a witch or wizard of no conscience, for the wand and the wizard may feed from each other in a particularly unhealthy manner. Oof. That sounds kind of scary. Which makes sense for Bellatrix. Yeah. Because she's crazy. Yeah. Uh, next is Willow. Willow is an uncommon wand with healing power. And I have noted that the ideal owner for a Willow wand often has some unusually unwarranted insecurity. However well they may try and hide it. So, we have two people who have this wand. Okay, who? Ron. It's that a makes, second wand. That makes so much sense. It's the wand he got after his hand-me-down wand Yeah, broke. yeah, that he got in uh, Prisoner Restaurant. And this other person is also going to make sense to you. Lily Evans. Oh, my God. Why does it just make so much sense? Yes. I so, mean, she wrote it all, but still, I mean... While many confident customers insist on trying a willow wand, um, they have cons- the wands themselves have consistently selected those of greatest potential rather than those who feel they have little to learn. Mm-hmm. It has always been a proverb in my family that he who has furthest to travel will go fastest with willow. Okay. And the last wand one is you. You wands are among the rarer kinds. And they're, you're gonna be, you're, you know who one of them is. And you'd be surprised at who another one is. Okay. Uh, and their ideal matches are likewise unusual and occasionally notorious. The wand of you is reputed to endow its possessor with the power of life and death. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the lesser known one first. Okay. The lesser known one is Ginny. Ginny Weasley has a you wand. Which then, you know it makes sense yes, in a way. It does. So before we get into more, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say mm-hmm. um, that 
It has a particularly dark and fearsome reputation in the spheres of dueling and all curses. Um, we find out in a later book that she's really good at, at uh, bat bogey hexes. Yes. Particularly. So good that Horace Slughorn, who likes to collect students, mm-hmm. wants to collect her. Well, we know that, that Slughorn, you know, ignoring um, any kind of prejudice, any kind of uh, prejudice he may have, is actually a very intelligent wizard because yes. he actually has created a network of sort of like influencers throughout the entire magical community. Right. So witches are wizards best suited for you ones um, are equally prove a fierce protector of others. Mm-hmm. Which again makes sense. Ginny protects everyone she loves. Um, and they are found in possession um, these kinds of wands are found in possessions of heroes quite as often as of villains. Okay. Um, where wizards have been buried with wands of you, the wand generally sprouts into a tree guarding the dead owner's grave. Wow. Wow. Um, what is certain in my experience is that you wands never choose either a mediocre or a timid owner. The other person we know who has a U wand, mm-hmm. Tom Riddle, aka go. Lord Voldemort. Yes. Which makes sense because it literally says um, those who you use U wands are more likely to be attracted to the dark arts than any other wands. Mm-hmm. I mean. There you go. There we go. The, the Grand Poobah himself. <laughs> the Grand. Evil Poobah himself. There you go. So we um, talked about all the different kinds of wands. Yes. We haven't talked about length or rigidity or flexibility so or any of that. length and flexibility are very quickly summed up as there is a range in which length sort of is, is a standard. Yes. And if you go too far below the, the standard or go too far above it, it's because your character as a person is, is lacking. lacking. Yes. Yes. And then flexibility has to do with um, how you are willing to bend in the face of moral decisions or or your character being tested. The more rigid your wand is, the more rigid you are as a person. Yes. We do have to talk about cores, though. We and will. Like... I think it's going to be the next one, though. And then we're going to go over um, some stuff. Because... We're at like an hour and 20 minutes. We're at an hour and a half. Okay. So the next episode is going to be cores, is going to be about wand makers, mm-hmm. and about the uh, the main characters and their wands. We kind of went over it. But, but it was a very quick thing. I want to go over how the wand itself, its wand, wand wood and core sort of... Go together. Go together and make sense for their given character. And I mean, we can also talk about ours in that respect. True. Like, we kind of went over it a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it's like, let's take that to be more in-depth for a moment. So two episodes about wands. It makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, we could probably do more if we really tried, but we're we're not trying to... Drag it out. Yeah. 
We even have Circa Duggan's wand. That's still <laughs> that's still so ridiculous to me. I agree. All right, guys, we're gonna stop this one and then continue on in like literally a minute. Yes. Well, we have stuff downstairs. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye. That was a long episode. That was so long.